glad you're here with us uh, at church. We've got a special day today. Uh, I'll introduce you to some of our dear, dear friends that are going to be uh, Pastor John. Uh, we'll be speaking, preaching the Word of God. I'll talk about them in just a couple minutes, but um, I want to welcome everybody again for the fourth time. Uh, that seems like something we like to do around here. How many of y'all just like it when the, the person at Walmart says, how you doing? Come on, anybody like that? Come on, I, no? <laughs> I don't like when they try to grab my receipt at the end and want to look at my stuff and kind of get off my receipt. That's my receipt. Anyway, uh, we're glad that everybody is here and welcome again to everybody for the first time or the hundredth time. We count you as family. We just believe you'll be a guest one week and family the next week. Come on, everybody. I, I, I love family. I really do. I love my family, my immediate family, of course, my wife and our four kids and five grandkids, uh, spouses, now two, two spouses. Love them. Treat the spouses just like their own kids. Uh, I love extended family. But let, let me just tell you, just honestly, there is just nothing like the family of God. Come on, everybody. That'd be a good place to clap your hands. Come on, the family of God. Man, I've had the family of God. I've been away from my family, you know, uh, extended family, my whole life in ministry, Kimberly too. And, and the family of God, you know, has helped me, has blessed me, has prayed for me, has spoke a word in season to me when, when I was weary. Come on, thank God for the family of God. So you could be sitting next to somebody today and you could get a word from the Lord through them. So come on, be open to the word of the Lord. Come on, give the word of the Lord to somebody as well. Amen. Hey, got, got a couple of, of things coming up. The whole month of April is just packed with stuff. I want to make mention to you and make, make you aware of again that on Friday night, Good Friday, the April 7th, we've got our Good Friday family communion service. That'll be here at the church. It's going to be an amazing night, family-friendly, so bring your kids in the auditorium. There won't be any kids' ministry. If your kids are wiggly, just bring them in the green room over here, or the family lounge, and hang out with them in there. But we want to encourage everybody to come. We believe that God is going to speak to us, talk to us, as we join together and set the agenda, really, for the entire weekend coming up for Easter weekend. Of course, two days later, on April the 9th, we've got Easter coming up. Come on, clap your hands, all you people. Easter's coming up. Come on, Jesus is alive, right? Come on. So we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Amen, everybody. So my question for you is, Easter's coming. Who are you bringing? Come on, who are you bringing? Don't come to church by yourself. If you come to church by yourself, there's going to be a barcode back there that won't let you in the door. No, I'm kidding. Come on. Come on. That's not happening. I want to encourage you, though, to start right now. The people you work with, your friends, your family, your coworkers, invite them. Say, come with me and sit with me on Easter Sunday. Again, statistics tell us that there's like eight out of 10 people that you invite and you keep on inviting, they will eventually come to church with you. So don't get weary in well-doing. Invite your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, anybody, and just say, come to church with me. Here's what I do know, especially if you've got friends, if, you're, if you've got small kids and they come in kids ministry down here, they're gonna be locked and loaded and wanna come to church every Sunday. They're gonna wanna be here, they're gonna wanna run around in this grass out here, they're gonna see friendly faces because kids love Jesus. Come on, somebody. How many know some adults that say they need to be thinking like a kid again? Come on, everybody. And those are the people we want to reach as well. So use that opportunity. The following Sunday, again, talking real fast, but April 16th, child dedication. If your kids, child's children haven't been dedicated to the Lord, we use that opportunity to bring them before the Lord. Child dedication does not save anybody. It just allows the family. We pray for families that we say and make a commitment before the Lord that we're going to raise our kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's a great time that we've just present our kids and say, Lord, we need you in our life. You are above overall is what we sang a moment ago, but we need you in our life as husbands and wives, as maybe a single mom or a single dad. And we're bringing this child to you because we need you and we want the word working in them. So that's coming up on the, on the 16th, the following week, gosh, so much stuff going on. We're having a water baptism. So if you've never been water baptized, if you, you haven't had a significant water baptized baptism, maybe you got sprinkled, maybe you got, maybe you got a little dabble do you and you come on the bible says talks about water baptism as immersion you go under the water and you come up a different way just as christ went under the earth and he came up a different man come on king of kings and lord of lords amen and so water baptism identifies us with the death burial 
and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. So got a lot of cool things going on in the month of April. Want to make you guys aware of and be a part of that. Those things will be online on the website. You can sign up online for child dedication and the water baptism as well. And it's just a big deal. Listen, it's a big deal. There's some churches that say if you don't get water baptized, you're not saved. That's not scriptural. The scripture doesn't say that. Baptism is an outward show of an inward work. Baptism now says I'm identifying with them folks that call themselves Christian because I'm one now. Baptism doesn't perfect you. Baptism pushes you more and more into obedience of the word of God in Christ Jesus. Amen, everybody? Thanks, Steve. Come on, clap your hands, Steve. Thank you, brother. Hey, uh, today, again, we always just give you an encouragement around the word of God concerning tithes and offerings. We're a proponent of it. We believe in it. Um, I don't believe that God wants everybody to be a billionaire or a multimillionaire because I believe money, money in the hands of a fool will harm them, and God's a genius. Money in the hands of a wise man or woman will propel them to do great, great things for the kingdom of God. So, so you and I have an opportunity constantly to see where our hearts are when it comes to wealth and resources. When it comes to money, everybody starts getting nervous. And when you read the New Testament, Jesus spoke more about money than almost any other thing. There's over 2,000 verses, check this out, over 2,000 verses in the Old Testament and the New Testament about money, budgeting, greed, avarice, all that. There's about 500 verses on prayer, about 500 verses on faith, Four times as much about money and resources. Why? Why is that? Because God knew we were going to constantly have a struggle with this. It's going to, listen, how about you? But I talk, talk about me. Money talks to me every day. Listen, it tells me what I can buy, what I can't buy. It talks to me that I need this. I got to have this. And if I don't have them new white shoes... Uh-oh, help me, Lord. I might not be as good as that person. So listen to me. When it comes to this, let's, let's go back to the Word of God and let's get God's perspective. So I wrote something out this morning that we can just get, you know, get our heads wrapped around. It'll be on the screen back behind me. I think we got it there. So look, tithing and giving offerings, generosity, giving to the poor, Supporting missionaries, we told you this week, we sent you some information you got again last night about giving a special offering for our missionary friends from Columbia today. Uh, th this is what we do. This is just who we are. Supporting missionaries is an act of obedience that brings God's reward. I, I want to I hit this just, just for 30 seconds this morning. Tithing and giving offerings and sacrificing giving to the poor, being led by the Spirit in your giving is an act of of obedience. It is just like me hearing and knowing I, I, did, I said something wrong to my wife, Kimberly. Now, I've got to obey the word of God, and I've got to ask her to forgive me. If I don't do that, I'm in disobedience to God in the word of God. When it comes to this issue, let me encourage you. If you will begin obeying the word of God, you, this year, and for the rest of your life, will begin seeing the reward of God in a very natural and real way that money can't buy. Not your good looks, not your networking, not anything that goes on. God will work for you in areas that you have not seen the hand of God. Amen. So that's one of the reasons why we sent you some information this week so that we said that we don't, we, we don't want to, uh, we, we're doing something a little bit different, didn't want to have a collection for our missionaries when we came so that we could see and look at our hearts even during this week. But I don't need to be motivated. I don't need to have an arm twisting to give. I've got a heart that wants to give. So if I had a little extra, if I, if I got you know, a little room in my budget, I could give something and give more. I want to encourage you to do that. So if you're prepared to do that this morning through your tithe, through your offerings, and then also giving to Pastor John and Alba Ramek, and I'll talk about them in a minute, you will be giving to a very, very worthy cause. On that note, 1982, little skinny, 165-pound, 175-pound white dude from Tennessee had the call of God in his life and went to Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma started Bible school. In, in, in the, when the school was such that there were so many students uh, in that first year class, they, they had us separated into four groups. Uh, um, Kimberly was, in, uh, was in, the, uh, in the group with me as well. And in that group was a, was a white guy from Cleveland, Ohio, named John Romick. Wasn't a pastor then. A couple years older than me. He was in our group together. We, we said hi, and, and we knew a couple of friends together. And we wound up in the summer of 1983, so we'd been to Bible school one year. We wound up in Guatemala, Quetzaltenango, Guatemala, for the entire summer. Uh, that's where I learned my Spanish. <laughs> you can tell it didn't stick. <laughs> and and uh, then we went back to the second year Bible school at Raymond. We finished, our, our, we finished the, the courses and the study there. Of course, I met Kimberly, you know the story. And we got married and we stayed in Oklahoma for a year and went back to Tennessee as a youth pastor. Well, Pastor John uh, went back to Ohio for a bit, I believe, and then and just a little bit. And then he wound up going back down to Guatemala. And when he was in Guatemala serving in that mission, he met his beautiful wife, Alba. Come on, give it up for Alba over here this morning. Yeah. And they were in Guatemala about four years, if I remember, somewhere around that, that length of time. And they had a son named, named uh, John, John David, uh, there in, in Guatemala. And they sensed the call of God to leave Guatemala. I mean, there, there's, there's John's been called there. And, and Alba was his right-hand right hand, you know, woman. And, and she was in Guatemala her entire life. And, and they left Guatemala and moved to Bogota, Colombia. Um, they were in the drug trade and they kind of gave their heart. No, I'm kidding, everybody. Come on. <laughs> we're good friends. And they started a church. Really, they started a, a, a church and it grew rapidly. And they've been in Colombia for how many years now? Since when? 37, 37 years. 37. Listen. You're going to hear today from a seasoned man, and, you know, Alba's not going to be preaching, but she can preach the house down. But um, just, just the salt of the earth. I've been to Bogota, Colombia. Uh, Kimberly has. I've been there, I don't know, eight or ten times preaching in the Bible school. They've got over 3,200 students in Bible schools all around Colombia. Uh, they've got another Bible school in, in Cuba. They've got Bible schools all over in so many different countries now. It's phenomenal the work that they are doing. Listen, I, I want to encourage you, if you want to support them on a monthly basis, I would welcome that. I would say thumbs up. You need to do it. Just so you know, I would never ask you to do anything I wouldn't do. For the time that John has gone on the mission field, Personally, we have supported them for our entire married life for 38 years almost. And so, as God has prospered me, I've made sure that the missionary that I support, that I love, is receiving the added prosperity that God's blessed me. So, in other words, I started out with $25 a month. That was a stretch. And we've been able to increase that. And just so you know, as I mentioned in the email, that we support them as missionaries out of this church. And so part of your giving is going on to them. So come on, you're going to have some folks in Columbia that greet you in heaven that you've never seen before. They're going to say, thank you for giving to that missionary. Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on, everybody. Yeah. So come on, I've just talked way, way too long. Come on, would you stand up this morning and would you just give a round of applause to Pastor John Romick? Come on up, welcome, welcome. Glad you're here, love you. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Hallelujah. Bueno, you all please be seated. We want to... Start off by thanking um, this church, this ministry, Pastor Gary, Pastor Kimberly, uh, for their for your support, for your love for Colombia, for world missions. And one thing, Pastor Gary, 
didn't specify though too with Rama Cuba. Uh, this church specifically has helped us with Rama Cuba. Uh, our ministry there, the school's been opened again this year. Um, the the Rama Cuba, uh, and we've seen ministers come out of that school already. Uh, churches planted, and um, you guys are a big part of what's going on in Cuba also. And um, you have to realize in Cuba. Yeah. Uh, a good uh, a good wage uh, is like twenty dollars a month. Uh, and that's, that's that's you're making good money if you pay twenty dollars a month. And uh, so they obviously they, they can't support the school. Uh, so all the school is subsidized uh, through missions through us through the giving of churches like the Spectrum Church and uh, your ministry. So thank you for that. Uh, there's a lot of Cubans too that will thank you in heaven also. And uh, but besides, and uh, we appreciate you. We love you and thank you. Uh, we have a quick video. Uh, maybe just show what's going on. This is part of what you guys uh, are doing, part of this church. This is uh, Spectrum Church South, uh, more or less, uh, uh, South America. Uh, I want to show, show this real quick. 2022 has been a year of growth. We have seen how the hand of the Lord has pointed to new places and how his hand has provided so we could reach more people. A year after the inauguration of our second campus, we were launching our third campus called Igleco 170. In a building totally paid off and after 200 days of remodeling, today more than 250 people gather each week to worship the Lord. But this is not all. Igleco 170 has allowed us to impact a new area of the city. Two months after its launch, we held an evangelistic brigade in the neighborhood, reaching the lives of more than 450 people with games, skits, and the love of Jesus. At the beginning of the second semester, we had our yearly youth conference called Extreme Fire. Preachers from the house and hundreds of young people for three days with morning and evening sessions, we experienced his presence like never before. Young people one after another was transformed by the love of God. The church did not stop and we kept running to a new destination. Cincelejo, which is a city in Colombia with a population of 300,000 people, was reached by 40 youth full of fire from our church. In this week full of activities in neighborhoods, schools, parks and streets, under the intense sun, we witnessed how God's love had no limits. At the end of the week, hundreds of young children and adults and families accepted Jesus in their hearts. Jesus in the Great Commission not only called us to preach to every creature, but also to make disciples of Him. SEPCO, our Bible training center, has focused this throughout the years. Today, more than 2,000 students are studying in our Bible school and are being taught the Word to be able to preach and seek the lost in their local churches. God has been faithful and there is still more. In 2022, we celebrated the 20th anniversary of Rama Columbia, a vision that has not only transformed thousands of lives, but hundreds of ministries as well, helping many people to find their purpose in the body of Christ with a unique DNA of the word of faith when preaching the gospel. Throughout this year, we shared incredible moments. At Selco, we were visited by foreigners whose first language was English and helped us practice everything we had learned in class. In Rhema Worship, we worked hard in workshops to train ministers to be fruitful and helpful in their local churches with the talents God has placed in them. Sebco Niños, our Bible training center for children, has trained a generation with great faith and has equipped them for the ministry. We are raising up children who are passionate about the Word of God and have been a blessing in their local churches around the world. We continue to reap the harvest. The Word continues to be preached and the name of Jesus continues to be glorified in each of the activities we do. In the final stretch of the year, we did our biggest outreach called Candy City. Once again, we took over the neighborhood and the city with games, food, and two shows that were a total success, leading more than 400 people to Christ. But 2022 did not finish there. Our end of the year campaign was the grand finale. International guests carrying the same word of faith we believe in, for four days in a row, with morning and evening sessions, we experienced an explosion of the presence of God in our lives, quickening our spirits to keep doing what God has called us to do. 
We are happy to be able to share with you everything the Lord has done so you can witness how God is moving in our nation. And we also thank you because this wouldn't be possible without your help, support, and prayers. May the Lord bless you and multiply you abundantly for His glory. We are Mission Columbia. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And also, also what we're doing, a couple other things real quick to let you know what you're a part of. Uh, that our, our publication house, uh, we've, uh, over the years, we've printed and distributed over 2 million books uh, throughout Colombia and other countries also in Latin America. Good, strong uh, books filled with the Word of God. And also our ministerial association that we, uh, what we, we do, we have like, 270 churches hooked up with us, uh, besides uh, from graduates basically from the Bible school, some others too, uh, that are hooked up with us preaching uh, uh, the same word. Uh, uh, we believe sound doctrine and the power of God and the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, uh, we thank God for that also. That's, that's fruit multiplying also, praise God. And, and we'd love that your pastors, if you could send them down here to Columbia again. It's been a while. At, or maybe to Cuba. We'll, we'll, uh, I'm going to be working on them here in lunch. Uh, so, uh, and <laughs> Pray for me. Uh, and, uh, praise God. Uh, I, I want to uh, give you a, an exhortation this morning. Uh, it's something that is on our heart to preach in the last several years. Uh, that Lord has opened doors up uh, in this area, uh, preaching about end times and uh, the coming of the Lord. Um, the, the Lord has really kind of put that on our hearts to do a lot of ministering, at least in Latin America. Uh, there's not much preaching uh, along these lines, uh, very little. In, uh, and the uh, Lord has used us to minister to many ministers in this area. Uh, and um, uh, we do a program on Sunday nights that's uh, really taken off, praise God, uh, Virtually we do it in a, uh, all through Latin America. It's, it's been a blessing to uh, multiply thousands of people. We, we thank God for that. But that's what we want to do here. This, so I'm, I'm on assignment here uh, this uh, morning. I want to preach this uh, area uh, specifically. There's, uh, there's a, a lot of stuff we can say about this. <laughs> uh, I want to give you like a capsule uh, condensed milk uh, version. Uh, and uh, I'll give you, give you, so I know you guys have good teaching in this church, solid doctrine. I just want to remind you and exhort you about, about the coming of the Lord uh, uh, in the last days. Uh, uh, you know that, just a few things to say here to start. Um, like 27% of the Bible uh, is prophetic scriptures talking about things in the future uh, when it was written. Uh, 27%. Uh, and so this is a big area in the Bible. Uh, we can't uh, ignore this. And, like, pretend it doesn't exist. Twenty-seven uh, percent, uh, and uh, uh, there's uh, uh, it, it, some some uh, people don't want to talk about this. Uh, don't want to believe it, even, uh, and don't think it makes a difference or is it not important or whatever. Um, but you have to take Matthew twenty-four and rip that out of your Bible. Uh, Luke twenty-one, uh, Mark. 13, um, Acts 1, uh, part of Acts 2 also, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, 2 Thessalonians, the whole letter uh, talks about this, 2 Peter, the whole letter basically, uh, chapters 2 to 4 really, uh, and uh, Jude uh, talks about this, uh, uh, the whole book of Revelations talks about this, and uh, uh, so there's a lot of Bible here in the uh, uh, to, to mention, and uh, the Lord emphasized it, and there's a law of, um, in uh, interpretation of the Bible, and it's called the law of proportion. Uh, if the Bible talks a lot about something, we need to talk about it. I mean, it's not too complicated. And uh, so 27%, uh, and uh, uh, even when we talk about the second coming of Christ, there's five times as many verses in the Bible about the second coming than the first coming. And uh, we believe in the first coming. We rejoice in the first coming. Everything was bought and paid for and done for us. Uh, uh, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. And uh, we love that. But uh, uh, there's, there's five times more about the second coming. Uh, the last thing in the Bible that Jesus said is, Behold, I come quickly. Uh, and uh, uh, so the, it's kind of, he finished it off by saying, Remember, I'm coming. 
And, uh, and when we talk about the coming of the Lord, I think it's good that we kind of define terms here real quick. Then I want to give you an example here this morning. Uh, and and helps us remember it, hopefully, uh, that uh, there's four comings of the Lord in, in our lives. Uh, the first coming of the Lord is he comes in us. Uh, in the new birth, in uh, salvation, we're made the righteousness of God, uh, clean by the blood, and uh, uh, he comes in us, Christ in us, uh, the hope of glory, praise God. And, uh, and we, we rejoice in that coming. Also, he comes to us uh, in manifestation, in glory, uh, in visitation, in refreshing, in revival, and uh, uh, his presence, his uh, joy and peace coming to us. And uh, that's a, a coming of the Lord uh, in our lives that we continually enjoy. And the third coming is his coming for us. And that's what we call the rapture of the church. And the rapture of the church is Bible doctrine, basic Bible doctrine. Uh, and uh, uh, it's when the Lord comes for us in, in the clouds or, and to, to take us up to himself and we go up to heaven physically. Uh, physical resurrection, and we uh, receive new bodies and we go with, uh, he comes for us to take us to heaven for seven years. We'll talk about that in a minute. And that's called the rapture. And the Bible, someone says, well, rapture, the word's not in the Bible. Uh, but the, the doctrine's in the Bible. And the, uh, there's so many verses. Uh, uh, the word Bible isn't in the Bible. And that doesn't mean the Bible doesn't exist. So rapture, the Arpazo is the word in Greek. Uh, Arpazo means uh, the catching up, violently, violently catching up. Arpazo is like uh, when a fisherman's fishing and he some uh, uh, fish bites that that bait or the, and uh, and you, you pull the, the the rod real quickly. That's harpa. That's harpazo. And that's, that's the rapture. That's, we're going to be harpazoed out of here. Uh, and uh, and that, that could happen. This event could happen any moment. There's really no Bible reason the Lord cannot come for us in the rapture today. Uh, that uh, even all the signs uh, in the Bible about the coming of the Lord, all those different signs, they're really talking about the second coming of Christ, uh, not about the rapture. And if we see the signs of the second coming and the rapture seven years before the second coming, uh, we know that it's real close. And there's no, it's a signless event, uh, the rapture. That means he could come today. And uh, how many are ready for him to come today? Uh, praise God. Uh, if he comes back today, I'm ready to go. Praise God. Let's go. Uh, and uh, the, the fourth coming is coming f uh, with us. That's the second coming of the Lord. That's when we come with him back to the earth and uh, to rule and reign with him uh, for a thousand years. They come as the king of kings, the Lord of lords, uh, to reign uh, uh, here on the earth uh, uh, for a thousand years and for eternity. Uh, uh, he'll reign and we'll reign with him, praise God. That's coming uh, with him. So there's four comings to kind of get, uh, we're all thinking the same here, uh, coming in us, to us, for us and with us. And if you kind of remember those four comings, kind of uh, you have good doctrine, more or less. And, uh, and uh, one other thing I want to say about this theme, uh, uh, that, uh, something to help you study in this area, uh, that uh, it's good to understand that Jesus spoke uh, almost exclusively about the second coming of Christ. Uh, and that was what the Jews were, were waiting for, the Messiah physically coming to earth and whatever. So that's what he talked to them about. Oh, Paul, in the, in the epistles, he talked almost exclusively about the rapture. And if you can remember those, that little rule there, it helps you have good doctrine. Because when people get mixed up on this, it's because they don't follow that rule. Uh, they don't, don't understand uh, who's talking about what here. Uh, and so that, that, that helps us uh, uh, understand. And uh, even two of the seven basic doctrines of the Bible that we find in Hebrews 6 uh, deal with things of the future, prophecy. 
Uh, and uh, uh, I won't go through the seven, or I don't, don't have time for that, but two of the seven, which is uh, interesting, is 27%, uh, uh, which is the Bible, uh, the prophetic scriptures. Uh, and uh, in, in the Bible, there's 2,500 prophecies uh, talking about things that will come. And 2,000 of those 2,500 prophecies have been fulfilled. There's 500 that still haven't been fulfilled that will be fulfilled uh, coming here in the rapture, the great tribulation, the second coming, uh, the, uh, the, reign, the kingdom, millennium kingdom, uh, and the eternity. The, uh, there's more to come, praise God. But if 2,000 have been fulfilled, uh, I feel pretty confident that the last 500 will be fulfilled too. And, uh, and that, uh, it's one thing, even young people here, uh, all of us, but especially young people, uh, that uh, you can you can uh, trust in the Bible. The Bible is the only religious book that has prophetic scriptures in it, and uh, uh, the Quran, uh, the the writings of Buddha and uh, Joseph Smith and wh whoever, all these other uh, different cults or whatever. Uh, they they don't talk about these things. Uh, Bible things in the future, just the Bible, and the Bible gets it right every time. Uh, though you can trust in the Bible, my friend. Uh, it's supernatural. Uh, and uh, and uh, if you take the, the percentages of this, the possibility, the probabilities of this, uh, it's, it's uh, astronomical that, it, that it's, it's luck. <laughs> it's the mind of God uh, uh, seeing the future. Uh, he's in the future, praise God. He knows the future and just sees a, he writes it down for us, praise God. And so we know what's coming. And, uh, and knowing these things that we're going to mention here uh, gives you kind of inside information, kind of. You kind of know what's going on. Uh, you hear the news, you hear what's going on in the world, and you interpret it through the lens of Bible prophecy, and, and you kind of go, oh, I knew that's going to happen. I knew that. That's just going, that the Bible talks about that, and it kind of just relaxes you more or less, you know. Everything's in control. Everything's going to plan. Praise God. Uh, uh, and uh, we're not like, like, like what's going on, uh, but we understand it's, 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 uh, it's been prophesied. It's been talked about uh, in, in the Bible, and things are going on schedule, praise God, and the Lord's coming soon, praise God. And uh, uh, now what I want to do this morning, uh, give us an example here about uh, to real quickly, uh, I, I like this example because for me, it really makes it kind of easy to understand about the rapture and some uh, future events. We're going to talk about uh, the, uh, uh, the Jewish wedding here this morning, just uh, uh, for a few minutes. Uh, Jesus gave this example of his coming. Uh, he likened it, to, likened it to a wedding. And he, if you see the coming of the Lord like this, uh, it really helps you kind of uh, enjoy it and understand it. Uh, some, some people, you talk about the coming of the Lord, they say, well, um, I, I really don't know if I want him to come back just yet. Uh, I want to finish my 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 studies in the in the university. I want to get married first. I want to have some kids. I want to uh, know the visit some places in the world. Do my my bucket list. I want to get done first, and, uh, and they kind of think like that. Uh, and, and if you understand it's a wedding, uh, you 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 never think like that again. You think because everyone likes a wedding. Uh, we like to go to a wedding, uh, and uh, if and we're the bride, and the bride is looking forward to her wedding, and uh, that that's the coming of the Lord, and, and we as the bride of Christ, uh, we're uh, a loving, we're uh, we, we, we I'm trying to think of the right word in English, we're longing for uh, the the coming of the Lord because the bride wants to be with the bridegroom, and that's not. Too hard uh, under it's a it's a it's a love uh, event uh, the rapture he's coming to pick up his bride and uh, when that that, that makes that, that's interesting uh, Jesus talked to his disciples about uh, the coming of the Lord and um, the disciples never asked him why are you coming why are you coming back why uh, that was never a question because they knew the answer. Uh, the answer was the wedding. 
Uh, they asked him about when, what would the signs be, how would we like, uh, give us some details here, Jesus, uh, how's this going to be? Uh, and, and, but the, the why, they understood. I believe the, the why we uh, uh, need to understand too. A lot of times when we preach in this area, uh, us preachers, uh, we emphasize the signs, the different things that are happening in the world. and That's fine, that's, that's Bible, that's good. Uh, but we don't talk too much about why he's coming. And uh, that's what I want to talk about today a little bit, uh, about the, this, the wedding, uh, the Jewish wedding, which is symbolic of his coming. And, uh, and you have to realize, first of all, it's not just any wedding Jesus was talking about in the Bible. He was talking about a Galilean wedding. Uh, in the Ga Galilee is like that province on the north of Israel by the Sea of Galilee, obviously. Uh, and that was his own little uh, culture up there. Uh, they were separated from the Roman jurisdiction, uh, so they were kind of their own little uh, nation within a nation, kind of uh, get the Galileans. And Jesus was Galilean, uh, raised in Nazareth, uh, uh, and his ministry was based, like 66% of his ministry was based around the Sea of Galilee. So uh, all his disciples, all 12, were Galileans. Uh, they weren't just Jewish, they were Galileans, Jewish, uh, and, uh, and they had their own type of wedding, uh, different than the rest of uh, Israel, different than the Middle East. Uh, this is a, a, a unique type of wedding, and this is what Jesus is talking about. Even to understand this type of wedding really helps us understand the Bible. There's a lot of verses that we try to interpret thinking of wedding the way we think of it here in the West uh, and try to interpret that into the Bible and it really doesn't work. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't fit. Uh, we have to understand the culture a little bit. And that's what, what I want to talk about here. Now in this wedding... There's several different stages to the wedding. Normally, this wedding for Galileans is about a year. It takes a year to get the wedding done. Uh, the, all the different stages, uh, a little more, a little less, a few months more, a few months less, but about a year or so. Uh, our weddings are, what, two hours, three hours, four hours, and, and it's done. And we're, and, uh, but this was like the event uh, of the, the year, the wedding, is the biggest thing going in the, in the pueblo, in the, in the city, uh, and uh, uh, th th this is a big deal. And a, a difference uh, of our weddings and the Galilean wedding, in the Galilean wedding, uh, all, the, the principal character uh, is the groom, is the, the bridegroom. Uh, it, it's not uh, the bride. Uh, and somehow in the West, uh, the bride becomes the principal character. You know, the bride, the dress, the, the march, the music, the entrance, the flowers, the kids. Uh, uh, and uh, everyone looks, you know, here comes the bride. And, and they never sing, here comes the groom. You know, the, the groom's kind of over there. No, no one pays attention. Uh, and I just, everyone's looking at the, the bride. No, the, uh, she's the big main event. Uh, but in the Galilean wedding, the main event is, is the bride, is uh, the groom. And how many know in our wedding, uh, Jesus is the main event, uh, obviously. The, he's the principal character. Uh, he has preeminence in everything, praise God. Uh, and uh, that, that's uh, real uh, prophetic for us in that sense. So let's talk about this wedding. There's uh, some different areas, uh, stages, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the first is the uh, betrothal, betrothal uh, where um, there is... Uh, let's say that a, a young man in, uh, in Galilee uh, sees a, a lady there, likes and they start talking, and, and they, he, he proposes marriage. He, well, I like to get married after they get to know each other for a while, and they like each other. And what they do is they go to the gates of the city, and uh, they, it's like the notary republic, uh, uh, the public no notary, as you say here in English, that, uh, where you go and you sign legal documents. So they would go to the gates of the city with the elders of the city uh, as, 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 um, uh, uh, as um, witnesses, and they would uh, sign a document. Uh, the, the groom would present a document, uh, different responsibilities and uh, rights that the, the bride would have, uh, and, and which was be like a covenant. Uh, and he, she would read it, and, and if, she's, if she's in agreement, she would sign it, and he would sign it also. And that's real symbolic of the new covenant. 
uh, the Lord has offered us that new covenant, uh, the, the, the rights and privileges uh, uh, and also the responsibilities that we have uh, in this covenant uh, and uh, to us in this first stage of the wedding. Uh, we're in right now, we're in this first stage. You and myself uh, were betrothed to Jesus. In this, uh, uh, we, we don't live together, uh, but we're married. And that's the first stage. And that's where we're at right now. Uh, there's more to come, my friend. Uh, this is great, and we enjoy it today. But uh, the, the, a better life is coming, praise God. And, uh, and uh, we thank God uh, we're protected and blessed and helped and we enjoy life today. Uh, we're joyful, praise God. And, uh, but th th there's more things to come, praise God. This isn't finished. Uh, uh, we're just in the first stage right now. Uh, the, uh, we're going from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory uh, uh, forever. And the, the coming of the Lord, the Bible says, is our blessed hope. Uh, it, it, which purifies us. Uh, it it kind of gets rid of uh, worldly and earthly uh, ideas and, uh, and um, um, purposes, and, uh, uh, and it gives us a heavenly vision. Uh, when you start thinking about the, the new city that's coming, uh, living with Jesus forever, uh, and uh, the, 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 uh, the judgment seat of Christ is coming, and all these things, you start thinking along those lines, and we look at the things above, not the things of the earth, and that's a, a purifying influence. Uh, just knowing about the coming of the Lord kind of uh, makes us walk better with the Lord. Some people say that, oh, it's not important to preach about the coming of the Lord. Uh, well, what, what, sera, sera, what happens will happen. Uh, uh, and uh, no, 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 you preach about it and people live better today. Because uh, uh, you know just how we are, uh, that w when the boss is coming, uh, you work better. Uh, you know, when the boss could come in at any moment, uh, you're just a little more uh, better employee or whatever, uh, uh, working better, uh, doing a better job. Uh, and uh, when you know he's gone, uh, he, went to, uh, he went to Hawaii for two weeks and uh, he kind of relaxed a little bit. He kind of, uh, I could take a little longer coffee break or whatever. No one will know. Who cares? And, uh, and he kind of just uh, let, you, let down your guard a little bit. Y'all you you with me there? You know, okay. And uh, well, when you know he come back any moment, he kind of just uh, uh, make you walk a little better uh, with the Lord closer, purify ourselves with this blessed hope that just that thought, just that uh, hope that we have uh, helps us walk better with the Lord today. And um, so the, the first step is the betrothal uh, and uh, where uh, they, they sign the document and she reads it and she's in agreement. And then he offers her um, a, a cup uh, of, of the fruit of the vine uh, to her and, uh, and bread. Like, uh, it's similar to the uh, Holy Communion. Uh, and it's one thing when you understand about this wedding, this is a parenthesis, a little side issue, but uh, it really helps you understand better about Holy Communion. Uh, you kind of realize the, the real significance of it. Uh, a little, little better. It, it helped me at least. Uh, and and so uh, he offers her the cup. It's called the cup of joy. And uh, it, it, how many know there, there's joy in knowing the Lord, praise God, and being saved and taking uh, salvation. And, uh, and that, that joy is offered. And now she has her, um, her free will uh, to decide, I'm going to drink this or not, or I'm going to take. She could say, no thanks, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting into this and walk away. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the Lord offers us salvation, uh, and we need to take of it, partake of it, uh, take it in, praise God, uh, uh, and uh, participate in it. Uh, uh, but uh, the, we're free to, to walk away. But, but she says, uh, she decides, no, I, I want to marry you. I want to be with you forever. Uh, we're going to be together forever, praise God, uh, connected in covenant, in, uh, in this new covenant. And uh, she takes uh, of the cup. Then he takes of the cup at the same time. Uh, and, uh, and that might not be too significant to us uh, here in the West, but when two people drink from the same cup in the Middle East, uh, you're, you're saying we're one. I mean, the, the, this is we're together forever. 
That's what that symbolizes. Uh, and for us, it's kind of like you have a Coke at house, you know, everyone drinks in the same Coke bottle, no big deal. Uh, and, uh, uh, but this is a big deal, uh, drinking, uh, dr t uh, taking the same bread, drinking the same cup, and uh, saying we're, we're together, we're one spirit, uh, we're, we're together forever. Uh, we're married uh, uh, forever. And that's the idea, the cup. And with that fruit of the vine, the, the new wine of salvation in that sense. Uh, also, when Jesus, his first miracle was at a wedding, a wedding in Cana, uh, which is in Galilee. Uh, so it was a Galilean wedding. And um, Jesus turned the water into wine uh, and uh, in abundance, uh, more than enough. Uh, that was symbolic too, showing that the cup of joy is available for the whole human race. It's for everyone. Anyone that wants to take it can partake of that cup and drink of it. Uh, uh, thank God we, we're, not, uh, we're not Calvinists. We don't believe in a partial salvation, as they do. Uh, they, you know Calvinists have weird doctrine. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, they say just some people are saved, some people are destined to be saved, some people are destined to be uh, condemned. Uh, it's all the Lord's choice. No, no, he, he provided the cup for everyone. It's our choice to take of it or no. And that's, that's good doctrine. That's Bible. Uh, and that's, uh, and so uh, uh, also in this time, uh, he gives, uh, the bride gives, the, uh, the, the groom gives the dowry or a gift uh, to, the, the, to the bride. Uh, and it, it's a, usually a monetary, uh, a big time gift to, to take care of the, the bride. Because he's going to leave here and he's going to go away for about a year. And he wants to make sure that his wife is taken care of, meanwhile, is basically what the dowry is not buying the bride like they do in many weddings in the Middle East, where you basically buy the bride, you know, five camels and four, four horses and, and whatever, and, you, and she's your property. No, 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 that's not the idea. The idea is, is like insurance policy uh, to take care of the bride, meanwhile, while he's away. And I believe that dowry uh, would be the, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit was given to us uh, as the first fruits of salvation, as our guarantee, as that initial deposit uh, to take care of us meanwhile. And uh, how many know that dowry was real expensive, was a real blessing, you know, and he's, he's taking care of us meanwhile. And the Holy Spirit's doing a good job. I mean, believe that. And he's taking care of us. He's showing us. He's guiding us. He's uh, preventing problems and showing in wisdom and uh, uh, showing us how to walk with the Lord, showing what is, uh, the Lord has done for us, revealing the, uh, the mysteries of the gospel to us. Praise God. Uh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. And he's, uh, he's the dowry. And he's the gift from Jesus to the church. Meanwhile, and uh, it's a good gift, praise God. And uh, uh, thank God our, uh, our heavenly br uh, bridegroom, uh, uh, he's, he's rich in grace, rich in mercy. And he gave us the best gift in, he uh, in heaven, gave us the Holy Ghost, praise God. And because uh, he loves the bride. And uh, in the coming of the Lord, uh, we love his coming. But also the Bible says uh, that he, uh, he loves uh, us. He, he uh, longs to come to us also. Uh, a good bride wants to be, a good groom wants to be the bride also. So in the coming of the Lord, it's a love, uh, a love novel, more or less. He wants to come to get us. We want to go with him. Uh, it's a love story. And you have to look at it that way. And, uh, and some people ask at times, uh, which is interesting, they say, well, is the, am I going to be married in heaven? And, uh, and the answer is simple. Of course you are, with Jesus. And uh, uh, now I don't mean to uh, disappoint anyone in the sense, but my wife or my husband won't be with me. No, you'll be together forever also. Obviously, uh, you'll be with your best friend. Uh, uh, you, the Lord give you the desires of your heart, uh, but your marriage will be with Jesus. And uh, your relationship with any human will, will improve uh, at the same time. Uh, but he's the, the bridegroom. He's the, uh, we want to be married with him uh, uh, in that uh, uh, relationship forever with him, praise God. And 
So uh, what happens here, to go quicker here, uh, then, uh, so the bridegroom says, well, I'm going to leave. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, he, he gets up and he leaves uh, for about a year to prepare a place uh, for the bride. And uh, I don't know what, what he says exactly is in John 14, uh, which says, uh, the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. There are many dwellings in my father's house. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am therefore going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to make room for you, I will come again and take you unto myself so that where I am, you too may be in heaven. And that's real clear uh, what he said. Now, when he said that, the, the 12 Galilean disciples, he said, oh, wedding. We're going to be married with Jesus. That's exactly what they thought. Uh, that for them, that, that's, that's wedding words. Uh, talking about, uh, and they understood that. And they said, oh, uh, we're going to be married. We understand that. Uh, he's coming back to take us. Uh, uh, oh, now, now the second, uh, what happens now, he goes back, prepares a place, the, the bridegroom for the bride. Uh, usually it's an extension to the house, an apartment uh, close by, the father's land is the idea, another little house or extension to the house, uh, and where they're going to live because uh, he doesn't have a place to live with his wife, uh, so he prepares that. And uh, Jesus is preparing a place for us, praise God. I'm sure it's very nice. Praise God. Uh, and uh, I, I know it's spiritual, but it's, it's physical at the same time. Uh, you're going to have a place uh, uh, to live uh, in eternity. This is kind of extra, but uh, a place that you always kind of desired with the, the view that you like. A view to the mountains, to the river, to the water, uh, to the, uh, the type of... Uh, of type of different um, furniture uh, there in your house in the different way, the painting, the colors, the windows. Everything will be just like you like. You're going to walk in there. And just remember my words. You're going to walk in there and the angel will show you your house. And you'll walk and go, just as I always imagined. Is that, no, Lord, we give you a great house here on earth, praise God. We don't, that's, that's part of the package, praise God. He'll bless you. They, uh, but you're going to have something better. And you get in there and go, ooh, how did he know? And he knows, praise God. He knows. Uh, you know what you like, and he knows too. And, uh, but that, that's kind of extra. So, uh, and uh, the bride, what does she do meanwhile? What do we do meanwhile here on earth? Uh, two things the bride would do. She would prepare a dress uh, that she'd buy the material, the fabric, and, the, and do all the sewing and the, all the, make the super dress. Uh, the, and uh, that's representative of two things for us. Uh, one thing is the righteousness, that fine linen, that dress that we, we've been uh, clothed in, the righteousness of God in Christ, praise God. But also the Bible says in Revelations uh, that the, the dress uh, is the righteous acts of the saints. And there's righteousness uh, positionally, but we also need righteousness temporally uh, to put into practice. And righteous acts. Uh, hopefully you're doing a lot of righteous acts meanwhile. And uh, serving, helping, blessing, plugged into the church, uh, uh, doing good works, praise God, uh, being a blessing, helping, serving, giving, loving, uh, uh, everything that you can do, uh, be involved with that, praise God. That, that's your job as the bride. Meanwhile, and also the bride would do uh, w one other thing. She would invite people to the wedding. Uh, how many know your job is to invite people? They know, know the bridegroom. Uh, come to church, come to salvation, come to the Lord, praise God, uh, know him, uh, uh, send out invitations. It's kind of a, a sad wedding where there's no, uh, no, no, no one invited, no, no, no guest. <laughs> uh, we want uh, uh, the wedding full. Um, uh, and that's, uh, uh, I believe also, this is kind of extra, uh, I believe in, the, in heaven uh, there's different tables. I believe every local church has their own table. I believe Spectrum Church is going to have their own table in, in, the, in the wedding feast. 
and you all be sitting together. Uh, one thing uh, Pastor uh, Gary said this morning was really good, uh, that there's something special about the family of God. We're, we're, we're the, the eternal family. Uh, and uh, we're going to be together forever. And it just makes sense to me that we're going to be sitting together, the local churches, because we know each other. It's kind of weird to sit next to somebody you don't know. <laughs> so kind of, uh, like you get to know them and whatever, but uh, it's, it's not nicer to be with family, you know, uh, people that you know. So I believe you all be sitting at your own table. And Pastor Gary and Pastor Kimberly will be uh, at the front of the table. Praise God. Uh, you guys going to enjoy it. Uh, and uh, so um, sending out invitations. Your ministry of reconciliation. Uh, be involved with that, uh, inviting, uh, inviting people to church, to, uh, uh, Easter Sunday, uh, doing uh, your part, uh, get someone on your heart, start praying about that, I invite him, praise God. Well, what do you got to lose? The worst I can say is no. So no, no skin loss there, no problem there. And uh, uh, they say yes, praise God. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, get inviting, bride. Uh, write, write out those invitations. Uh, think, uh, uh, pray about it. Thinking always, uh, uh, who do I invite? Uh, get to know the, uh, can know the bridegroom. There's so many fish out there, people that need Jesus, uh, and uh, that's what we do. Uh, oh, now, I need to finish this up here. Uh, that uh, so the bride, uh, the bridegroom, after a year or so, finishes everything up, and the father says that uh, inspection uh, will inspect the the construction whatever and sees everything's done everything ready then he'll tell his son um, go get your bride and uh, I, I believe that everything's done basically in heaven any moment the father can say uh, son go get your bride and he'll smile and go, uh, he'll say in Spanish, con mucho gusto, uh, uh, gladly uh, I'll go. And uh, he'll go running, uh, he, won't, he wants to uh, get his bride, praise God. And um, one other thing here, uh, it's interesting that uh, one thing about Bible prophecy, uh, we, uh, we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know when the Father's going to say that. Uh, and anyone that says dates on these things, the rapture, the second coming will be this date or uh, this time, uh, just, just don't listen to that. that, that that's, that's baloney. And, uh, and just don't, don't pay attention. Uh, and that, the problem is people do that, and people, the day comes and the day goes, and people think, ah, oh, it's, all, it's all false, it's not true, uh, Jesus is not coming. No, we don't put dates. That's the rule that Jesus left, no dates. We know it's soon. We know it happened any moment, but we don't know when. Exactly. So the, uh, he's coming as a thief in the night uh, to the world, but he doesn't come as a thief in the night to the church. We, kinda, we know. Uh, we're uh, the, the time and season, and we could feel it, and we know it by the signs of the times, and our, our hearts are longing for the heaven that's pulling on our hearts, uh, and uh, uh, we know the time is short. And, uh, uh, and praise God. Praise God. Oh, uh, so now uh, he's come, he comes back. Uh, he, he comes to pick up his bride. Let's just uh, finish this part up. And um, he comes with um, a trumpet uh, and, uh, and a sh with a uh, procession with him and to pick up the bride. And uh, he, he comes to the outer parts of the, the pueblo, the city, and uh, people start to wake up and hear the trumpet, all the commotion and the shout. And, and what they do is they, they do like a, a relay uh, to different uh, the blocks of the, the, the pueblo. Uh, behold, the bridegroom cometh. They, they, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Behold, in the next uh, house, uh, oh, behold, the bridegroom cometh until the bride hears it. And at her house, she hears the, the call, and she knows that he's come for me. And uh, she's probably sleeping with a dress on. She's ready to go, you know. So, and, uh, and she calls her bridemaid, calls her friends, her gals, and they fill up their lamps, uh, have their lamps filled with oil, and they go to meet the bride. Now, I want to finish here uh, showing uh, what the bridegroom sends uh, to the bride to pick her up. Uh, I just want to show that one um, the, the image here, it's the, si lo tienen, si puede. 
It's like halfway through, more or less. It's no, uh, next one. Uh, now this is interesting. Uh, that's what the bridegroom sends to pick her up. And the Galileans call that flying the bride to the bridegroom's house. That's what, exactly the name of it. Flying the bride to the bridegroom's house. And that's a real good uh, type uh, of the rapture. Uh, the, those angels come and pick you up uh, and uh, you fly to the bridegroom's house. And uh, you don't, don't touch the earth. Uh, and we go to heaven and uh, uh, gravity will lose its force over you one day and you'll be changed in the, uh, in the opening and closing of an eye. Uh, it, it will change incorruptible, uh, immortal, a new body uh, and you'll be raptured up with the Lord. Praise God. And that day is coming. He's sending his uh, chariot, chariot of fire uh, Elijah's chariot of fire to pick you up, praise God. Uh, when you pick up the bride, you send the best car in the pueblo, no? The limousine, the Mercedes, or whatever, the best car in the whole uh, city is to pick up the bride. And the Lord's sending his best car to pick us up, praise God. And we're going in style, praise God. And we'll go up to be with the Lord uh, uh, for those seven years when, uh, when judgment is poured out upon the earth. And uh, we'll be saved from that, praise God. Uh, the, the church is not appointed under wrath, praise God. Uh, the great tribulation will, will be begin when we, we get out of here. And uh, uh, some people say, but uh, you have to really, I, I want to finish with this point. That uh, some people say, no, the church will go through the great tribulation or at least half of it or some of it or whatever. No, they, they, they said the church is, uh, is not exempt from tribulation. Well, that's true, uh, but uh, we're exempt from the wrath of God. And that's the great tribulation. Now, we're not exempt from the wrath of man. You know, persecution and whatever happens in this world. Uh, people don't like the church, they aren't saved or whatever, and do different things against us. And whatever. That's part of Christian life. But we are exempt from the wrath of God, praise God. We'll be taken out, praise God. And that's the rapture. Uh, that's basically, in that day, he's sending his, uh, car, uh, his, his car to get you, praise God. And you fly to the bridegroom's house, praise God. And you'll forever be with the Lord, praise God. Now, this was, now we can keep, there's a thousand other things we can say here, uh, but I, I, I'm going to close it here just to give you an a appetizer in this area a little bit, uh, some ideas uh, to take with you. And just, but, but be, be uh, the, the main point of all this I said uh, was that you need to love the coming of the Lord. And when you understand it's a wedding, you can really love it. You can just kind of takes away all fear, all anxiety of what's going to happen. I don't know. I want to know. We all want to go to the wedding. We want to go. It's a wedding. So just uh, uh, be ready for the wedding. Uh, be uh, inviting people, praise God. Uh, uh, righteous acts of the saints. Uh, meanwhile, uh, running with the vision here of the church. I like know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Uh, that's your righteous acts right there. Uh, just get involved with that, praise God. Invite people to Easter service coming up. Uh, and, uh, and the rapture could happen any moment, praise God. Uh, and uh, can you all please stand here? And, and I, I, perhaps uh, someone was invited here this morning, praise God. Uh, and, or you've come before, but I wanted to just give you an a, a invitation. That's, our, that's the, the bride's job to invite people uh, to, to know the bridegroom. Uh, you need to know him. Oh, there's no one like him, praise God. Uh, uh, when you receive the Lord, your life will be radically changed, praise God, uh, for the better, praise God. Uh, there's someone here this morning, perhaps invited or you've come, but you never made that uh, covenant, that, that, that uh, decision to receive the Lord into your heart. For the first coming of the Lord is coming in you. He wants to come into your life, he wants to, that you know him. Know, not just know about him, but know him in a personal, real way. He'll come into your life. He'll change you from the inside out. He'll change your heart, clean your heart, make you a new person on the inside, inside out. That's the first coming. 
Uh, is there anyone here this morning with your hand raised? You say, yeah, I need prayer. I need to know the Lord. I want to make sure here. Anyone here this morning? Young people? Anyone? Everyone a Christian here? Well, you all look like Christians at least. I think we're, think we're good here. Uh, but we love you guys. And um, uh, we're praying about Pastor Gary, Pastor Kimberly coming to Columbia also. Uh, pray for us. <laughs> and we, love, uh, we, we appreciate you. And uh, thank you, Pastor Gary. Come on, everybody. We heard some good, sound doctrine. Amen, everybody? Wow. He's come to be in us. He's with us. Come on, we're going to be with him. What a great, great... Uh, I've, I've read those things, Pastor John, with uh, Matthew 25, the tenth, five wise virgins, five foolish virgins. Uh, scripture says we need to have some extra oil, right? Keep our life full, passionate, looking for Jesus. So come on, this week, let's do that. Let's look for Jesus this week. M meaning, let, let him look through you to a lost and a dying world. Look to people all around you this week that you need to reach out to them with a righteous act. Maybe it's a word in season to him who's weary. Maybe it's just going for coffee with a friend. Here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to put somebody on your heart. He's going to give you an image of their face in your mind. You can't get rid of Why? Why am I thinking about them? That's the Holy Spirit nudging you to take another step, to call them, reach out to them. Hey, how you doing? What's going on in your life? Anything I can pray with you about? Let's let God use us this week in a brand new way. Amen? Come on, amen, everybody? Come on. What a great word. Thanks, Pastor John. Let me, uh, come on, close your eyes, bow your head for one second. Let me just pray a blessing over your life from Numbers chapter 6. God spoke to Moses. Moses then spoke to his brother Aaron, the high priest. And he said, this is how I want you to bless the people of Israel. Lift your hands and say over them, and I prophesy this over your life. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Lifts up his countenance upon you. The Lord brings his peace in your life this week in a new and a special way. We speak peace to every storm, every mountain to come down, every valley to be raised up. Anxiety to leave. Depression leaves, fear leaves, because we have, we are the bride and we have a groom who's longing to be with us. And we sense your love and we recognize your peace. And we're going to walk in the goodness of the Lord in Jesus' name. Come on, all God's people said amen. Amen, amen. Hey, our prayer partners are going to be up here at the end of every service. If we can pray with you about anything, we sure would love to do that. Otherwise, as we always say, don't forget.